Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. My name is Brooke. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Be the very first Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast episode that is live streamed and then the audio is uploaded later. So if you did not see my announcement about that, I am trying something new and every Wednesday I will be going live on my YouTube channel to do the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast episode and I'll be uploading the audio after the live stream to the podcast feed. So if you want to just listen to it, you can listen to it there, Um, whatever you would like. So it's going to be fun. We're going to be able to live stream at the same time time and I'll get to hopefully do some live interactions with you guys. Send in your questions and yeah. So <laughs> um, that's what we're doing and I hope you guys have as much fun as I have been. I love live streaming. I just have not typically had very much time for it. So it'll be nice to have that. Um, it'll be nice to have a little bit more time to play around play bleh, to play around with it and have some fun. Um, if you have a question, leave it in the comments. I will be answering questions probably later at the end. Um, but please do leave the questions and yeah. So I wanted to talk this week about being your own school advocate. I've talked a lot about being your own medical advocate in the past. I've done several videos about it, several podcast episodes about it. And while some of the same principles do apply when you're being an advocate for yourself or your daughter with Turner Syndrome in school settings, there are also some really unique things to think about in that scenario. And I've had a lot of questions about dealing with school stuff and navigating that and being able to have your voice heard in that scenario while you're trying to find your way through everything that comes up for a girl with Turner Syndrome in school. Um, If you don't know or have not experienced it, there are certain things with school that can be very challenging for a girl with Turner Syndrome. Math was like a foreign language to me. It was so much work and effort to try to really get on my feet with it and feel confident with it and it was so hard to really push through how difficult it got at times and so for me math is a very common one for me math was like the one the biggest one and I had to be really intentional about how I navigated school with that and how I approached the homework and everything personally. You really, from the very get-go, before you try to be your own advocate in any way, have to know yourself. So just like with being your own medical advocate, you have to know your case 
and really study your case for being your own school advocate, you have to know your different areas of struggle and strength when it comes to school and being able to use that information to then build off of. So knowing where you struggle, super, super important to begin with. Before you go into what kind of teacher or teaching style works best for you, what kind of extra tutoring you could use, um, you really need to know what you need to focus on, right? And not only do your areas of struggle become important, but your areas of strength become important too because you can really use those to help address some of your struggles, depending on what they are. Um, it can be really helpful to know what ways you do learn well and what your strengths are to see if they can help. Now, for me, my struggle being math, the biggest thing I needed to do was just be consistent with practicing it. Being consistent, exercising that muscle of using my brain in that way. My brain and numbers really do not mesh well together. Like, I did okay. I got through it. But my brain just does not work that way. So it was, I had to really approach it as a muscle I had to exercise. And I could always tell when it had been a while, when I was not being consistent because it showed in how difficult it was again and how much I had to like push myself through it again um, versus being consistent, really helping at least me having that muscle memory, if that makes sense. So those are my first couple of thoughts before we even get into being your own advocate. But I think the next biggest thing to think about when you're approaching school. I know I know we are about probably between a month and two months into the school year for most places. Um, and you're starting to try to get into your routine and groove with everything. I know it looks super different this year than before and I'll try to address that different environment also because I do think that is something that those that need that extra help and support are going to have to be really intentional about this year with how different school looks. Um, it's just a totally different environment to try to learn in. And so that's something to think about too. But once you know your strengths, know your struggles, you kind of have a feel for what works for you in some fashion or at least some foundation of what you think might work to go from, being your own advocate really looks like giving that a voice and really listening to and paying attention to how you're feeling and how you're doing with those things. So if you are feeling like 
the way you're getting work, if you're feeling like the way you're getting taught is not working. Bringing that forth and giving that a voice becomes the very first top priority and first step to advocating for yourself in that. Just like with anything medical calling out this does not feel right for me this isn't working for me and um I want to try something new or I want to change things or whatever the case may be giving that a voice and saying that and bringing that to the people that you know you need to bring it to whether that's your parents whether that's a teacher um sometimes it can mean applying to have like an IEP, which is an individualized <laughs> education plan where you work with a counselor to figure things out for you. Um, and it can be built to meet your needs. Or it looks like adding tutoring time. It looks like adjusting classes. It, it could look like a million different things, but having that voice to it is the first step. This is where people get nervous. This is where I feel like people get shy and they don't feel like they can speak up or they try once maybe and don't get the response they expected and so they kind of back off a little bit and think well, maybe I'm wrong or whatever the scenario is and they don't keep pushing. They don't keep giving it a voice. My biggest example of this was with math. Um, I, I had to really push and really hone in on, okay, what are the mandatory math classes that I need to take? What's the real areas of focus I need to have? And also what's realistic for what I'm going to need, right? It, pretty quickly within high school, I feel like you hit the typical general education math where if you go above that, that's great, but it, it starts to become more specialized and advanced rather than like the base foundational knowledge or general education. And so knowing what outside of that general education would benefit you or you really needed to worry about for me was important because math was not connected to anything I wanted to do. It was never a part of what I knew I would be interested in doing and working with. So I knew I didn't need any specialized advanced classes. I I already knew that was what was right for me. And so I had to, in planning classes, be really intentional about that. I also had to pay attention to the classes where the teaching style, for me, just did not work. It was not that the teacher wasn't a good teacher. It was nothing like that. It just, the teaching style did not mesh with me. And that's important to acknowledge and admit to. And it's okay to say that. 
It's not an insult. It's not anything bad against the teacher. It's just, it just does not work for me. So whether it's a, I need to shift classes completely, or I need to shift my approach, you kind of got to know which one to advocate for. And you got to really push for it and not be nervous about hurting anybody else's feelings. At the end of the day, the teacher's goal is or should be your education and what's best for you. So they should want to do all they can to help you. And you giving them this information, saying, I feel this way about this, or I don't think this is working for me. I want to try something else, or I need more of this or that. That's all just giving them tools to better mold their way of educating to what you need. To have your education better molded for you so that it is what you will thrive under and it is what will do best for you. And that's the priority. So it could take a couple of times of mentioning things. It could take a lot of time. It could take a lot of trips to different people's offices, but at the end of the day, it's worth it. And so I want to encourage you in that too, not just knowing what you need and giving it a voice, but not ceasing to give it a voice. Not letting yourself get off track of remembering that your voice is an important piece, a very vital piece to your education being what you need and deserve. And that's important to remember. So one and done is not a thing when it comes to being your own school advocate. Trying something is great and it's a great start, but you still need to stay in that process of does this work or not? Is this really what works for me or not? And not getting kind of content with just, I can get by, right? So that's one thing um, that I feel like is not a small thing and not a small thing to do. It can be a very difficult thing to do. And a lot of the comments I've gotten have been, how do I tell my teacher or talk to my teacher about these things not working for me when they don't seem to be listening? You just got to keep going. And if they're not listening, go to the next up person and say, I have these concerns and I really need help. Again, at the end of the day, all of them should be there for your education. And that's important information for them to make sure you are getting the education that you need and deserve. So there's that. Um, the next aspect of this I want to talk about that I've gotten asked about is explaining your struggles to a teacher. Um, I know we can kind of tend to be shy and having Turner syndrome from case to case can look different, but a lot of the struggles can be very personal, whether it's it's just a really personal tender topic or 
it's just not something you feel like everybody needs to know. And it's really not. (laughs) It's nobody's business that you don't want to know, right? Like you get to decide no matter what your case is, you get to decide who knows what and what you tell people. And that goes the same for your education and your struggles in school. You don't have to tell anybody anything you don't want to. However, I will say, regardless of how much further detail you give a school staff member or your teacher or whoever it is you're talking to about this, most likely it's going to be your teacher, um, you do need to give them some foundation for understanding your struggle, right? Like you do need to explain there's a struggle and explain why. And everybody's case is going to look different, so there's not exact verbiage I could give you that would apply to everybody. But something along the lines of because of a genetic condition or a genetic predisposition or however you want to explain it, because of this genetic thing that I have, I struggle with this. I struggle with math. Um, To use me as an example, I struggle with math and so I need extra help in this area. I need to focus on this area. Um, That's an important first part of the conversation to give them that information. And then you can move forward with, and I think this could be what helps me. I think this might be better, whatever the case may be. But you do need to tell them something along those lines. You don't have to go into, oh, I have Turner syndrome. And it's, you know, it means two X chromosomes are missing or one X is, or one X is missing or one X is damaged or you don't have to give the chromosomal description or anything or go into that much detail, but just I have a genetic disorder that leads to this struggle and I really need help with this. Um, it's vital. And I know I've seen some girls going back and forth on if I should be involved in that, if I should say something, absolutely say something. I had to tell almost every single math teacher I had, except maybe the ones in college. I don't know if I gave that much of an explanation to the ones in college, because by that point I had a better foundation for how to navigate it more privately. Um, But absolutely, in elementary and high school, I was telling my teachers, I really, really struggle with math. I need a lot of extra help with math. So they knew that they had to work with me more on math. They knew I was going to need extra help. It wasn't something that they were in the dark in. Um, And that can be just as simple of a conversation as I mentioned, like just a quick, hey, because of this, I struggle with this. So just a heads up, just an FYI, I'm going to need a lot of help in this area. And that could be all they need. And then there's follow-up conversations to see how things are going, how things are working. It'll be different each case, but that's a start. That's how you can start that conversation and let them know. 
and be involved in the process so they can check in with you, who is actually experiencing everything, to see how things are going. Um, and then I think the other area I really wanted to touch on because it's such a huge thing this year is virtual learning or distance learning or online learning, however you want to call it, right? It's online school, basically. There's, there's a whole bunch of different variations of this happening throughout the country, throughout the world, probably really. Um, but I, I kind of just mostly know about what it's looked like in the States um, because I live in the States. So I'm basing my tips off of that. Just so you have that context for what I'm saying if you're not in the States. But in that setting of virtual learning, especially when you have things you struggle with. And I had this in my master's degree program. There were some things that involved math because in psychology you do study statistics a few times throughout the different programs, the different levels of a program. You do study statistics at different points and <sighs> statistics is an interesting math. It's not the hardest that for me, but it's also not the easiest. So it still was a balance. It still was a struggle. I had to discipline myself with it, but, um, I ran into taking a statistics class online and it was the first time I had ever taken a math class online before and I was really nervous. I was extremely nervous how it was gonna go because oh my goodness it's hard like I I am not exaggerating when I say math was a foreign language for me it was so opposite of how my brain works and that was yeah very difficult um so there was that that kind of really threw me into figuring out how to deal with learning and school struggles online um it was not the whole class that talked about statistics, but it was a little piece of it, but I still had to deal with working through those issues, navigating it in that way, and it looks and feels very different. So online, you do still have access to the teacher, right? Like you do still have access to talking to them about things. You can send them an email saying, hey, I'm not sure about this question or this problem or this assignment and get their feedback, kind of have them work with you that way. But technology is so good. You have lots of different avenues for being able to get that tutoring and to get that help. In this time period of so much online learning, if you struggle with, I mean, for example, we can use math, but any specific struggle. Being intentional about knowing what ways you learn best can be your biggest tool. Do you learn visually? Do you learn audibly? Do you learn by doing it yourself best? 
and use that to your advantage to work through those things. So if I was taking like a math class online right now, I would be doing extra problems. I would be watching videos because I am a visual learner mixed with doing it myself um, and using that to bolster what I wasn't getting that I typically would be in the classroom. Using Zoom calls, using email, and being able to send attachments of like, okay, here's my assignment ahead of time, what do you think? Like, what's your feedback for this for right now? And really having it be this open-ended discussion where you're just kind of in consistent conversation with your teacher about what you're struggling with. This is, again would be a time period that would be good to update them on how things are going and letting them know what you could use, what help you need. Would a Zoom call work? Would extra problems to practice work? Would these types of resources work? Or those types of resources? There are apps, there are videos on YouTube, there are websites dedicated to these types of things that you have access to all from home. So it can be a part of that school time that bolsters these things and you can really focus it. Um, there is a million different resources right now. If, if you are able to, this could actually be a time period where you kind of open the box of what traditional learning in school looks like and how that impacts your struggles, you could find a way that actually works better for you than the traditional school form. Um, so I would just encourage you to look for those resources and have that be an open conversation. Use the technology that exists today to your advantage because there's a lot of it and it's incredible. Um, I will try to link some resources. I, I personally would do a Google search for what you struggle with and almost do like a tutoring or flashcards or practice you will come up with a lot of different things. Um, I will make a list of the different ways I would look for it. Probably is the best resources I could give you. So I would I would look for that in the, the description, the notes. Um, if you're looking for ideas for how to find resources. And I will leave that in there so you can see it. It's just such a time period with so much helpful technology it is incredible to be able to take advantage of it so that would be what I would do to approach the at home online learning online learning feels very different as I'm sure everybody is experiencing it feels very different and each situation for it is going to look different too. For my master's program, it was not like the elementary, middle school, probably even high school looks right now. 
because they, from everything I've seen, most schools and most teachers are structuring things um, pretty well. So, you know, they're saying, okay, meet everybody on the Zoom at this time and have the homework turned in at this time, work on this at this time. You may need to put those types of structures and time frames on things for yourself depending on the approach and I would encourage you to do so if that'll help um, one thing about virtual learning is you have a lot of self-motivation you have to put into it and a lot of self accountability um, so just gauging that is another thing to think about um, that I learned the hard way that I was not prepared for when I started online school. Um, so those are my thoughts. I hope this helped. And I wish everybody luck with working virtually on school and navigating school struggles within a virtual school system, which is very different. So. Um, if you have any questions, thoughts, resources you want to share, please leave, them, please, please leave them in the comments. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor. And if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Don't forget, you can find the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brooktv. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.